0: Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. It's great to be here. It's uh, always interesting arriving. In, so I lived in Christchurch for 15 years, so this is not attacking. It's always funny, it's either like 30 degrees or that cold fog and... 15 degrees, so we got the second one today, but that's all right. It's great to be here for uh, the start of December for the um, for the interns uh, graduating. I don't know if you realise, man, it's such a great achievement. We we have um, around 100 students all together. Um, mostly in Auckland, and I mean, man, it's hard enough work with all the support they get out there to get them across the line, but for people to be doing self-study by themselves down here is amazing, and it just shows the level of support that Pastor Penny and Pastor Tico and others provide, so I reckon you should give them another hand. That's an amazing, amazing achievement. Cool. Hey, um, I want to I talk about celebration, kind of fitting for that, getting towards the end of the year, heading towards Christmas. Um and uh, can you just look up the next one? one? One of the things that Richard Foster is a writer who writes throughout spirituality, just says this, celebration is at the heart of the way of Christ. And, and, I, and I think we kind of miss often, we don't understand the importance, the significance of celebration uh, for what we're part of, for the message of the church. For, I don't know, maybe you're a visitor here, I was like, why are these people jumping around and singing at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning? I'm still waking up at it. You need to, hopefully, at the end of the next few minutes, you'll go, oh, I get why they do this. Because this is that church is supposed to sound and feel more like a wedding reception than a funeral. It's a place of celebration, not of dirge. It's not of all serious and reverence and quiet and somber. It's actually supposed to feel like a party and I, and i pray this morning that something kind of awakens uh, in you that something comes alive again oh yeah there's a party going on in heaven. There's a celebration, like we're part of this thing. And it just kind of kicks in. And flick up the next one. He goes on to say, why is that? Because Jesus entered the world on a high note of jubilation. I bring you good news of great joy, cried the angel. That's like Christmas, joy breaks into our world. Life breaks into our world. Celebration breaks into our world. Look up the next one, and you know, uh, many of you would know this, uh, just over 200 years ago, the very first sermon preached in this land was on a Christmas morning, like Bay of Islands, sand, Pahutaka was snapper in the I mean, it doesn't get much more kind of Kiwi Beach than that. And, and the very first passage he preached from was that, behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. The message that hit this nation was the sound of joy, the sound of celebration, because Jesus is around. It's appropriate to have a party in church. And, and and we just need to see something kind of come alive of all of that next one pick next one They um have, did you guys do the daniel fast Who have you yeah. two or three people on the you did it from here to, me, to me on the front um I love this thing um that, that we, uh, that part of the Christian life is fasting and feasting. They're both parts of the Christian life. We, we we go hard on some things to get a breakthrough in God, and then we just go hard on celebrating, and they're actually both spiritual disciplines. It's not like, and and, and we don't wait till we, we don't wait, I, know, I don't know when anyone feels like, I just feel like fasting and not having coffee and steak and ice cream and wine. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, I didn't wake up on Monday morning a month ago just feeling like, yeah, nah, just veggies for me for the next three weeks. Like, So we don't wait to fast till we feel like it, but in the same way, feasting is a spiritual discipline. We don't wait. It's like, I need to put this into my life because this builds something into me of celebration, and it's like, they're actually both intentional Christian practices. Look up the next one, Jesus talked about this. It's a bit of an obscure passage, but I'll explain it. Jesus just said this, when basically people were getting frustrated with him, and he's frustrated with them, he's like, to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplace, calling out to others, we played the pipe for you and you did not dance, we sang a dirge and you did not mourn. What does that mean? Next one, he's talking about, because John the Baptist had come before him, John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he is a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking; they say here here is a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. It's like were, John represented this thing that you fast, that you you go hard to seek something after God. And it's like the religious people didn't get him. Oh, that's been a bit intense. Oh, that's getting a bit serious. Like you don't want to get too caught up in that. And then Jesus came along just all party and celebration. The religious people were like, oh, that's no good. That's And he's like, you people are such losers. Like you don't get, you live such boring, mediocre lives in the middle. It's like you want to go hard. At both ends, like go hard to press into God and then go hard at partying. It's like just dial up the brightness of your life with both. And he's like, and I love the thing to find wisdom is proved right by her deeds. It's like there is a time, like, come on, God, I need a breakthrough. Or we need to see something shift. There's a it's wise to do that at times, but then at other times, it's wise to just have a massive party just to celebrate and go, God is good, and God has done good, and to remind ourselves of the good things that have come our way. Uh, Next one, a bit earlier, you know, even John's disciples were confused. They asked him, how is it we and the Pharisees fast off, and your disciples do not fast? It's like, we got the bad deal on, you know, he, we, we linked up. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and then they'll fast. It's like, oh yeah, fasting is around the absence of the good things of God. You just let that sink in. We fast where we're not seeing the breakthrough yet. We fast where we're not seeing, but where God has broken in. It's like now over this part of my I've got to celebrate and if you're a, if you're a walking breathing human being, I can guarantee both you have both parts of those in your life because I have them. There's areas like it, it's like come on God, I need a breakthrough. And there's areas that's like God, you are so good. And it's like welcome to the world of following Jesus. You're going to have both of those parts in your life. And so flick up the next one, which means we're going to be engaging them both. I love that we're at a a church that goes hard on both. I love we're a church that the front end of our church is all fun and singing and lights and music and let's party. And the back end is a whole lot of people who go, God, we want to see you break through. And we're prepared to fast and pray for that. And I love that there's a weight behind the party out the front end. And it's like, come on, we want to be a church that knows how to celebrate and knows how to fast and pray for breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, okay, flick up the next one. You know, it's interesting, the things associated with the Jesus side of this. We played the pl- pipe and da- It's a so- celebrations associated with music and dancing. Yeah. That's why we have praise in our church. Flick out the next one. And, and as I said, uh, you know, e- again, eating and drinking. Flick out the next one. We've got another one. And the presence of the bridegroom—it's like music, dancing, eating, drinking—and and the goodness of God is here, and that's what we celebrate. And I want to talk this morning. Come on, it's time this time of the year to dial up the celebration. And sometimes us Kiwis aren't too good on celebration. Any Any Filipinos here? No, we lived in we lived in the Philippines for seven years. You go to a country, and and you often think, oh yeah, we're going to carry the gospel to these people, and hopefully you do, but another weird thing happens, you also sometimes realize, oh, they understand some biblical values better than we do, and, and found that we went and lived in the urban slums in Manila, and it's like, man, they understand community, but the other thing we realize, man, they understand celebration, and you suddenly realize those of us from an Anglo-Saxon background, we don't really do celebration very well unless you're drunk at a karaoke bar, but it's like, it's, we, just, we just don't really know how to celebrate, I don't recommend that, uh, the, um, like, and my, fam, my wife and I, we come from kind of different families, so my family's Christmas was, wake up early in the morning, rip all the presents open, pick out on all the food, and then by about 10 o'clock in the morning, kind of fall asleep, and Christmas is done, and it's like, that wasn't much fun. My wife's kind of the opposite, more respectable middle-class family. It's like, you know, go around to her parents' place at lunchtime, have the civilized meal, and then sometime about two o'clock, you know, her mother, my mother-in-law, would say, uh, let's go through to the lounge and open the presents. And I was like, dear God, it was so boring. But, I mean, <laughs> either, either way, there wasn't much celebration. And it's like, man, we need to learn how to celebrate, and, and I want to show. Some of you have seen this before, but you know, even even in the Old Testament, they had to celebrate. We're like, oh man, they lived under the law, like it was. Let me show you the law about celebration. So, if look up the next one. Three times a year, you had to celebrate a festival. It's like three times of the year, a national celebration. Like everyone had to stop tools, walk to Jerusalem, and have a party. Like three. Imagine that. Three times a year traveling there for a national party. So flick up the next one. So there was these three different feasts or festivals. Uh, And and flick up the next one. And, you know, that that was the, every week, actually, they had a Sabbath, which was like a family celebration. So celebration was factored into their world. Every week we do a family party, but then three times a year we do a national party. Not the national, but, you know, a, a national, a party as a whole nation and we just go crazy. Uh, Flick up the next one, you know, um, and and, and like this is living under the law, you're to eat, you're to rejoice, and I love this, before the Lord your God in everything you put your hand to. Come on, it's to the end of the year, it's a good time to actually stop and pause. What have you put your hand to this year that you can stop and go, God, you did some good things, now, then, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be complete. But, God, I thank you that I, you know, I, I've been, we've been working in our marriage this year. I thank you for the good things. I thank you for the relationship with my kids this year. God, I thank you for some achievements we did at work. Now, yeah, i got the fasting side over here. God, there's still more. But now's the time to go and say, thank you for what I put my hand to this year. And you have done some good things and it's time to celebrate. Look out the next one, you know, and it's like a command, verse four, be joyful at your feast. Okay, that's limited, I've got to be, and I love this, verse 15, For this, they had three feasts, the final one was the kind of climactic one, for seven days celebrate. Some of us get annoyed when our neighbors are having a party and it goes past 10 o'clock. I mean, by the time midnight, like, then we're ropeable, if it goes to 5 a.m., you're living in a really dodgy part of the city. Imagine the neighbours having a party that lasts seven days, a week, a we- like. This is under. That's what I mean. The Jewish people knew how to celebrate. Most cultures, it's just our us tight Anglo Saxons or Northern Europeans who delight just get a bit stressed at the idea of cutting loose and kind of having a bit of a party. And it's like, this is an area where there's a cultural shift because we need to get a kingdom culture and the kingdom culture is, come on, have a party, celebrate, just cut loose a bit. And And I love this. Again, for the Lord your God will bless you in your harvest. Again, notice, in all the work of your hands and your joy will be complete. Come on, maybe some of the, life just gets a bit, it just, no no it just becomes a grind i remember once my wife just writing we were missionaries writing a letter to her parents and going not much fun in life these days She was married to me that's the problem but um it's like if we don't learn how to inject celebration we just life just gets a bit like a grind doesn't it and, and, and we'll show you why the Bible is so into this. Flick up the next one. And, you know, they. Um, I love this one. That seven day one. The first day is a day of rest. The eighth day is also a day of rest. God's like, I don't want you coming into this thing tired. Like, I want you ready to party. So I want you to have a rest day first. I don't, you know, like Christmas, we're all frazzled. No, no, I want you to rest up so you can go hard at the celebration. And then I don't want you dialing back at the end, thinking, "Oh, I've got to go to work tomorrow." So I want you to schedule a rest day at the start and a rest day at the end. So for seven days in the in between, you can just go hard at celebrating. Come on, some of us need to let celebration awaken in our hearts. We need to dial this up, you know. And 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 to do that, for, well, and and they were commanded. Yeah, that's right. Next one, commanded. Next one, commanded to live in temporary shelters. The people, like everyone else from around the country had to do that, but even the people in Jerusalem build temporary shelters. He's like, I want you to disrupt your normal routine. I don't want you just to fit this in or oh, I've got emails to answer, I've got calls to make, I've got contracts to sign, budgets to get approved. No, no, disrupt your routine and celebrate. This is the serious business of heaven, celebration. Stop things and celebrate. You know, he, uh, next one. Um, and, and, and they had to set aside money for this. The original use of the, of the tithe was for these celebrations. And now by application, by extension, it's now factored in to fund the celebration that's church. That's why we, one of the reasons we give to church is so every Sunday people around Christchurch can know, there's a party going on in Middleton Grange. You should come and celebrate. We're funding the party of heaven, you know, and they, were, and they would uh, use that money to do this. Flick up the next one. If they were too far away, they couldn't carry all their stuff. They could turn it into money. And then when they got to Jerusalem, verse 26, use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, anything you wish. Then you and your household will eat there in the presence of the Lord your God. And re- We just think, oh, religious duty is about prayer and fasting. No, it's a religious duty to celebrate, spend money on some nice food and drink, have some fun in your family. So you need to shift your understanding of God. He's not sitting out there like mm, grumpy and frowning. He's having a party in heaven. You're, not rep- you're misrepresenting him if you're not carrying joy and celebration in our lives. I'll look up the next one. He, um, you know, uh, this is this account. I love this. The Israelites were present. They, so they did this for seven days with great rejoicing. So that's that one we talked about, the one that lasts seven days. They had a great time. Come, next one. And so at the end of it, they had a meeting, and they agreed to celebrate seven more days. Like, that was so good. Let's just do that all over again. A fortnight. A fortnight of party. Like, this is crazy. And so then the king provided a thousand bulls, seven thousand sheep and goats. The other officials another thousand. Like this is the biggest Brazilian barbecue ever. Like this is not just one beast. This is two. Uh, this is two thousand of them. Okay, and, and and then and they rejoiced and, and the other and I love this. There was great joy in Jerusalem for since the days of Solomon's son. Of David, there had been nothing like this. I had look, That's 250 years. Like, this was the best party in 250 years. Oh. Like, we did it. How cool is that? Wouldn't that be great? Man, this Christmas at Equipers, nobody's seen this for 200 years in New Zealand. <laughs> Sarah, look at him. Well, <laughs> okay, next one. Um, you know, so there's another time, many of you would know this phrase, the joy of the Lord is your strength, this comes from another time like that, so flick it this up, it was like, um, next one, they they had lost the law, and so Ezra finds the law, and he reads it out to them, and they go, and remember I said there's fasting and feasting, they go into fasting mode, like weeping, gnashing, wailing, gnashing, wailing, like, oh my goodness, we've messed up, we've done wrong, we need to fast and pray. And Ezra and Nehemiah, they're like, no, 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 stop this, stop, don't, no. And, he, and they go, this day is holy to the Lord, do not mourn or weep. See, some of us need a mind shift around what holiness, lo- holiness doesn't look like serious and sober and somber, holiness looks like joy and celebration because that's what God's like because I've been weeping and notice the Nehemiah, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. That's the opposite of the Daniel fast. Daniel denied himself choice food and sweet drinks. Nehemiah, go now and be intentional. Don't you bloom and live on marmite sandwiches? Come on, Choice food, nice food, nice drink. There's a time to dial it back and cut out the nice, and there's a time to dial it up and go hard on the nice. Come on, for your kids, celebrate. For your marriage, celebrate. For your family, celebrate. And, and do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, that's why he's saying celebration is so important, because it puts strength back into you precisely because these are these areas over here, like, man, I haven't seen it yet. Man, life's a grind. I need some breakthrough next year. So if I'm gonna walk into next year ready to push through, I need to take some time to celebrate at the end of the year, because that's gonna put strength. I don't know about you how many people just feel a bit tired at the end of the year. Like, just can't wait for that to be over. We'll just start again next year. That's why we need to stop and Celebrate. I love, the, I love this thing that we've done, done the fasting this year in November because it's like, man, I press in for breakthrough that I haven't seen yet. And then now we stop and we celebrate and we do Thanksgiving and we head into Christmas. And it's like both of those are important. Look at the next one. And, and so, they, um, so they did that. So they went and so, so the verse 12, all the people went away to eat and drink and to celebrate with great joy. Look at the next one. And then they did that thing of um, next one where they, where they go back and they build those temporary shelters. And then the conclusion is this. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated like this. The last one we read was from David to, I can't even remember, was it Jehoshaphat? I can't remember. Anyway, 250 years. This one is from Joshua to 800 years. Like, we just pulled off the biggest party in 800 years. Go on, that's a bit mind boggling. And, and I thought about it. The interesting thing is, this is Nehemiah where they'd come back from exile. See, if you know that you've been set free from slavery and you know you've got your inheritance back, you'll celebrate. That's the common link between the generation of Joshua and the generation of Nehemiah. They both had been prisoners. And they'd both been set free, and they both now were celebrating in their inheritance. So like, come on, somebody. If you've stepped into your inheritance this year, it's time to celebrate. If you were lost and now you've been found, if you were in bondage and now you've been set free, that's what makes you celebrate. And we just need to take some time to remember, like, oh, my goodness, what you've done for me, God. Because that will that will energize that will empower your celebration. Plug up the next one. Um, you know, just quickly, just even in the Old Testament, this they they went hard at music and partying, and so just a few Psalms of just you know, may your faithful people sing. Faithful people aren't just oh, I'm just faithful blood doing the grind. No, faithful people carry joy. They're faithful to. Tap into joy. Next one, um, just show you a few. You know, again, who faithful people will ever sing for joy? You want to be faithful to God? Carry joy, carry tap down. Find a well of celebration. Next one, um, you know, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents. This is in the Bible. This is the old. This is even before Jesus. G- shouts of joy, shout like no, not somber, boy, not a funeral. Shouts of joy. Uh, next one. Um, I, oh, go back. I'll just show you. Because why? Because the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Come on, joy and celebration. Next one. Um, you know, he brought his people out with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts. Content. He remembered his holy promises. God, you promised me some stuff, and I've seen it happen. That's why I'm shouting. That's why I've got some joy in my life. Next one. Um, Psalm 100 shout for joy, worship with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Verse 4 enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, give thanks and pray. If you think this church is weird, that's because you've never been in a church that does it like the Bible says it's supposed to happen. Joy, celebration, thanksgiving, praise that's the atmosphere of heaven. Flick out the next one. Um, again, shout for joy, burst into jubilant song. This is Jewish people living under the law. Come on. Shout for joy, clap their hands, sing together for joy. Next one. There's this great, I I love this. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you. It's actually a learned art. Like, of course, if you've never been to a place like this, it's like, what the heck are they doing? But you oh, this is why they jump around and shout. This is why they clap this is oh, because it's about God oh, I thought it was like you're somber and serious and wore dog collars. No, no, it's about joy and celebration. And they rejoice in your name and they celebrate. Flick up next one. Another translation says this. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Here's the thing. Do you know the joyful sound of God? Or do you just know the serious sound of heaven? Or the serious sound of religion? Because it's not actually the serious sound. Do you know the joyful sound Of redemption, of salvation, of community, of belonging, of hope, of restoration, of freedom. You know, they rejoice all day long. Next one, another translation. Happy are the people who know the festal shout. I know what it's like to just want to shout. God, you've done it. You've changed my life. You've turned some stuff around. You've brought breakthrough. Another translation, message translation. Blessed are the people who know the passwords of praise. I love that. Praise is the, you know, the password that gets us access to heaven. Because it's the sound of heaven, and when we choose to praise, we find ourselves accessing heaven because that's what's going on in heaven. We find ourselves caught up in heaven. Who shout on parade, delighted, they dance all day long. I don't know if I'm quite up for that, but um, all day long. But... um, but, oh, I love the, come on. <laughs> um, your vibrant beauty has gotten inside of us. I just carry something and I know how good God is, that it's infectious. Next one. You know, why, why is this? You show, your presen- in, in your presence is fullness of joy. If, we, if God in his very character carries joy, then when I'm approaching God, I'm going to be experiencing joy. Many of us don't get that about God. He's kind of pure or lofty or wise or somber. No, no. In His presence, He's full of joy. Come on, you need to let joy awaken. Uh, next one, and and uh, I don't know. Yeah, if sometimes people <laughs> come to church like, oh, they're the happy, clappy Christians. Well, better than being a somber, boring Christian. Like, I hope you're saying, oh, that's actually appropriate to people of faith, because that's what God's like. Um, So, if you flick up the next one. You know, I think we underestimate the place of joy in the Christian life. So, the fruit of the Spirit, we kind of get love. Oh, we should be loving peace. But between love and peace, there's joy. It's a mark of the Spirit's impact on our life. Next one. Um, you know, again, the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. Again, oh, yeah, I get righteousness, I get peace, but it's also joy in the spirit. Next one. But um, I think here's, you might think, what a load of rubbish this is. I don't, this is not pretending like life's not that, like, are you just but manic or something? No, no, th- it's not. This is part of the gospel message. I love, this is the passage that Jesus quoted when he came to earth and started his ministry. And to get, you know, he, he's to anoint me to proclaim there's good news coming to people who are just poor. But a sec, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Yeah, Jesus wants to deal with your guilt. Jesus wants to deal with your bondage. But Jesus wants to deal with your broken hearts. And we have a message of the gospel that heals broken hearts. And, and if you look at where it goes after this, so much of it is that next one is about joy. Comfort those who mourn. You mourning this morning? Mourning this morning? Whatever. um, Mourning is about loss. It's about stuff that's not here. That's the fasting side. But Jesus came to bring comfort. Oh, it's okay. You're going to be okay. But then, to provide for those who grieve. Grief is about loss. Man, I lost some stuff. God wants to put some stuff back in your life. He provides things. He puts stuff into your life. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes is like I had this dream and it's just, it's all gone. It's just lies and ashes. Yeah, I'm gonna put something beautiful back in your life. Oh, I'm gonna put something lovely there. And it's the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. So this is not flippant. This is the serious business of heaven. Jesus came and gave his life to bring this healing and restoration, and it's like, oh man, I just need that part to start kind of coming alive in my heart. Look at the next one, and and because we, you know, and that's why the Bible just is just like, come on, Christians, learn how to rejoice, because it taps into something again. It's repeated. Next one, you know, rejoice finally, like this is the final thing, like this is my conclusion, now live in joy, next one, again, it comes again, rejoice in the Lord always, I say it, rejoice, like oh, this is an awaken joy, awaken rejoicing, awaken celebration, and, and if you think it's a bit flippant, you know, I love, this is Paul talking about this double-sided thing of Christian life, you know, through glory and dishonor bad report and good report genuine yet regarded as imposters known yet regarded as unknown dying yet we live beaten yet not how about verse 10 sorrowful yet always rejoicing I've got some parts of my life that are in this zone I just feel sad that I haven't seen the breakthrough yet I don't know about you I got to the end of the fasting and woke up Saturday morning and I was disappointed with some stuff I thought I was going to see some breakthroughs so I'm still, I've got some sorrow here but I've got some stuff over here that I'm rejoicing for. Come on, I'm rejo- and I need to tap into this, otherwise I'll get discouraged about this. And it's the strength that comes from this. Come on, we need to remind ourselves of the joy. Come on, you- welcome to being human. You're gonna be sorrow and joy, but we need to be intentional about tapping into the joy. Look up, next one. You know, I love, this is a great, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I'm joyful because I have a confident expectation that the best is coming. In the middle of that, I've just got to be patient with the stuff that's not going so well. And over it all, I'm just going to keep praying. Come on, there's the mixture of Christian life. That's how it goes. Next one. Because I love the thing, you know, Him who is able to keep you from stumbling, present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy. We get the fact that He wants to deal with stuff in our life. We often miss the fact He wants your life to carry more and more joy. Come on, your workplace and your leadership and your home. Come on, that your kids would go, man, it just was fun and joy. Your grandkids would go, man, I love going to visit grandma or granddad. They're just, it's just joyful there oh that's what a, that's what Jesus is like he's joyful next one and I love it it's not just trying to work it up even Jesus it's, this is about Jesus by anointing you with the oil of joy God wants to pour it into you and you start to step up into it on this morning, maybe you're not feeling like, man, I'm just tired from the year. Life sucks. It's like Jesus wants to pour joy into us so we can celebrate. You know, uh, just in, in conclusion, uh, was, yeah, because why? Because heaven is joyful. Thousands upon thousands of angels and joyful. As soon as we start connecting with heaven, we connect with a place of joy. Next one. And um, and there's a passage where Jesus talks a lot about joy it's actually the Luke 15 about the lost you know the parable of the lost sheep when he loses one calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me why because there's rejoicing in heaven here's the part the religious people didn't get about Jesus why are you having parties Jesus told this in response no no you don't get because lost people have been saved there's a party in heaven if you had had something lost and found it man you would just call. you'd call for a party Same language, next one, with the woman with the lost coin. Calls her friends and neighbors together, says rejoice with me. Why? Because there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. There's a a lot of rejoicing going up on heaven right now because lost people have been found this year. People's lives have been set free. Stuff's moved. The kingdom's come. Hope's been restored. And then the parable of the prodigal son, next one. You know, the Father says, bring the fat and calf, and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. He represents the Father God. God's like, we've got to have a party because there's some good things that have happened in people's lives this year. I've got some kids that were far away from me that have come back home. I'm going to have a party. You know, next one, uh, the religious guy he heard the sound of music and dancing. There's a sound to the house of God, music and dancing, but religious people can't engage with it because they haven't experienced that salvation. And the Father's response to him is this. We're just finishing. We had to celebrate and be glad. Come on, we had to. We had to celebrate and be glad. And next one, final one. Fasting and feasting. Man, I'm, gra- I'm glad that we did three weeks of Daniel fasting. But now I'm glad that we're in the feasting zone. Can I invite you to stand and maybe get the musicians back up? And I don't know how you engage with God. Close your eyes, raise the hand or two. I just feel like this morning, God just wants to awaken celebration almost like for some of us, I know what Christchurch winters are like, right? You just batten down the hatches. But it's like, come on. We all, even past spring, we're now into summer. It's time for something to waken up again go, oh, there's a party. There's life. There's celebration. I want something to awaken man there's people who have been saved this year there's people's lives who have been shifted and transformed this year there's people that had no hope and now they have hope and so we're going to celebrate in a minute thanks for listening to this podcast check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch